Hey, this is Tad Kubler, and you're listening to the Hood Rat Recap Podcast. She only pays attention to the prices of cigarettes. She says she hopes they'll get cheaper. She only takes the pick-me-uppers To counteract all the put-me-to-sleepers We got bored, so we started a podcast about the best bar band in the land, man. This is the Hood Rat Recap, and we are back. We are your steady stream of the unified scene, all the news and reviews of the band that you love, we love, and apparently Harry Potter loves. We'll, we'll have to talk about that later, guys. Hello, everybody. This is Stage Right Mike on the mic, and I can talk cold steady all night. And when I like to talk cold steady heavy, I like to throw up the rat signal, and the hood rat pack has assembled. And I see one time zone over. I can see the unified scene's very own king of queens, Gasper. Gasper, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Mike. But you know what? I've been trying to get people to call me Travis Kelsey. Why is that, Gasper? Well, because I'm on my way to the big game, and let's face it, he's got the eye of Taylor Swift. And how's that working out for you? <laughs> Not so good. Not so good at all. People keep calling me Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I could only hope you get canceled like Frazier was back in 2004. Oh, man. <laughs> and that's the sound of our third mic and our producer... Kevin is whatever. Kevin, how you doing? I mean, I'm doing better than uh, our listeners are after hearing that joke, but uh, it's good to be back. It's been a while. I've been traveling a lot for work, so it's been a minute since we've had a chance to check in with the scene, so I'm glad the three of us could connect and, and sort of get into uh, what's been going on. It seems like uh, it's been a minute since we've had a chance to chat, so look forward to catching up with everybody. Yeah, man. And, and just to jump into what Mike said in the intro there, Daniel Radcliffe popping up as a Hold Steady fan. Can we talk about that for a second? That's uh, pretty crazy. So now we do this whole podcast. We like to tell jokes about nobody knows who the Hold Steady is. But now we've they've had a song on Game of Thrones. They've been mentioned on Lost. And now apparently Harry Potter's a fan of them. That's three pretty big franchises right there. Yeah, And for all the listeners at home who may not have seen, and, and I only saw it because the Hold Steady sort of talked about it on their socials, I guess uh, Daniel Radcliffe himself, uh, Mr. Harry Potter, as well as countless other movie, Guns Akimbo and Swiss Army Man, and there's no shortage of Daniel Radcliffe uh, pieces you should check out besides uh, The Wizard, but apparently he was on Kelly Clarkson, and Kelly was asking him... You know, do you go out to shows and whatnot? And I guess the other guest on the couch is someone who follows somebody or whatever. And Kelly sort of lobbed it up for him to say, like, oh, would you ever go see a band that many times or whatnot? And it basically turned into, I like music and a lot of the stuff that I know people don't listen to. And he name-checked uh, our very own The Hold Steady, which was very cool. And, and the band's social media jumped all over it. Yeah, very cool. And actually a nice segue into... Uh, part of what we're going to talk about today uh, with Massive Nights on its way. Um, do you think we will have a Daniel Radcliffe sighting at Massive Nights this year? As And the only thing I know is your, your wife, Heather's a big uh, fan of, what's that called? <laughs> Down in New York, the Broadway. Broadway. Mm -hmm. yeah. Broadway. Yeah, it's actually, in fairness, that's Heather's point. She uh, She's the one who brought it up. She says he's going to be on Broadway this year. Uh the same time as Massive Nights, so he'll be in the city. 
I was just going to say, I know with the scheduling of Broadway, um, and I think as uh, we know, getting from Manhattan to Brooklyn will take a minute. And so since Massive Nights is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like maybe he gets to the show late. I mean, he could technically go to the bar on Saturday if he's so inclined. Can he just walk out in public like that, though, guys? Can he? I mean, he might be like a backstage guy type of guy. I mean, I'm sure he could. Like, look, famous people go to shows all the time. You know what I mean? They they get ushered into side doors and whatnot. So it, it's a possibility. I mean, Kevin brings up the point of the schedule, the, the schedule of actual Broadway. I mean, Friday and Saturday are probably not. I mean, he would be on stage for that, but maybe Wednesday or Thursday. So you're saying he could be in lane two right next to us in lane three? When we're in? <laughs> it's, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. Um, I mean, which sort of brings up the point that... Uh this year's Massive Nights, the three Hood Rats will be together, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, actually has not happened, all three of us in the same room, since last year's Massive Nights. And uh, Thursday night, it'll be uh, me, Kevin, and Mike all going to the show. And uh, Mike, you're here for Wednesday and Thursday, right? Yes, I'm not doing all four nights. This, uh, I got to rush back and work a Goo Goo Dolls show, so... Yes, I'm I'm the guy that's trading in the hold steady for the goo goo dolls. I'd rather do all four <laughs> nights, but I'm still recovering from last year. That was tough doing all four nights last year. Well, have no fear. I will be at all four nights. So I will be ready to report on the whole event. You know, which sort of brings to the point that since you're going to go to all four of these nights, uh, for those uh, listeners at home who may not know, there's going to be uh, an American hood rat in London. Uh, coming up because our very own King of Queens has booked himself a round trip ticket for the Weekenders. Yeah, man, I'm I'm very excited. Uh, so I am going to the Weekenders this year. I'll be at everything. I I have tickets for all the shows, for the sound check, for the podcast, uh, for the pub quiz. I'm gonna try my hand at the pub quiz, and hopefully I can do the podcast proud. But uh, shout out to Hurricane Jess who helped me navigate uh, finding a cool hotel and understanding what's in the area, basically. Uh, can't wait to go hang out with her and all of our uh, UK peeps, uh, UK Rob and everybody. Uh, Fiona, if, you're, if anyone remembers back from a very early episode of Fiona Barrington, uh, hoping to see her out there as well. So I'll be looking for, for all you guys out there and let you know how it went. I'm actually very excited to uh, compare Massive Nights to The Weekenders because that's been an ongoing thing for us. We've been asking that of a few of our guests, and we've had some mixed results, I think. Um, but I will, I will let you know which one is the better show, uh, Massive Nights or Weekenders. I mean, it's sort of hard for me knowing you and how much you've seen to sort of take your opinions uh, as law, we'll have to go to some of the other fans. I mean, Michael Han himself, who was on our episode uh, last last month. If you haven't heard it, you should check it out. He was a great guest. He's the author of The Gospel of the Hold Steady. Uh, he himself said uh, Massive Nights is his favorite. Uh, and hence, he's coming over with his family. So we look forward to meeting him uh, at the show. And considering you've seen just about probably 80% of all the Hold Steady shows this year, and now you're going to add the Weekenders into it too? I don't know if you could be a good judge of that, considering <laughs> you have an innate bias. 
I mean, I think I could be impartial. Um, look, I love all the shows, and we know that. And I, you know, I always say what a great time I have at all the shows. But there are definitely some that stick out more than others. Um, it's just the way it is. I mean, it's this has been a pretty stellar year, but th- there's definitely some that that stick out better than others. I mean, I'll have to take Hurricane Jess's. Uh, <laughs> opinion or if michael han will come back and tell us uh what he thinks of the two because you know i look we'll let you have your platform to listen i'm gonna be as curious as everybody but uh there is a bias so mike what what was your favorite show this year so far um that's a tough question i mean i guess it would come down to two i saw the the minnesota state fair show was like a a big stadium show that that they've never done before where where I started out, you know, two bleachers high way in back. And then the Chicago, I think I'm going to go with the Chicago show, just edging it out just because the mountain goats were so amazing. Um, the lead singer, John, stuck his face in my face at one point in the show when he, when he was singing. <laughs> and that was just a great venue, the, the Morton Salt Shed. So uh, I think I'm going to give Chicago the slight edge there. Yeah, I think I got to agree with you there. I was going to say either Positive Jam or the Chicago show out of everything I've seen this year was the best, but that Chicago show is fantastic. It was such a huge venue, and it was packed. I mean, with so many people there supporting the band. Different than like when me and Kevin went to Boston and saw them with Dinosaur Jr., where big venue, but they, they just didn't pack it in. It was definitely more of a Dinosaur Jr. crowd. Do you agree, Kev? Yeah, I think that night, too, with all the people we were with and just listening to those around us, you know, going to as many Hold Steady shows, which is not nearly as many as uh, either of you or some of our listeners. But there was a lot of elbow space at the Boston show and and which I at my age prefer uh, not to sound like the old guy in the the show, but I like even Michael Han was talking about, I like to be in the back. I don't like people (laughs) on top of me. I don't like confetti in my ears. Like he, he made it very clear. He likes to watch the show from the back and I can sort of uh, identify with that. So in Boston, there was a lot of space. Uh, We, we were joking with cat Beth and cat about how, close we would get and thankfully i didn't have to get that close so <laughs> yeah i mean plus i mean something about seeing the whole city with dylan jafor and the mountain goats in chicago like that just made that such a special show but i have a feeling that look massive nights we we say it all the time is the super bowl and this year being the 20th anniversary with everything amazing that's happening i think we're we're set up for a pretty amazing massive nights so since we were comparing uh, massive nights to the weekenders, um, you know, all of Michael and a couple others in um, the Australia, they said the Australian shows, the crowds are wild. England, the crowds are more wild. And uh, since I got two New Yorkers here, when you guys go to that Boston show, do you notice, is the crowd a little bit more wild than the New York crowd? Or what are your opinions? You know what? Let Kevin go. And I'd be curious to see what he had to say. Because I have a theory on why that is. I mean, it, it was an interesting. It was a weekend show. It was a one night in a market type of event. Um, so it's a hard comparison because if uh, just on surface value, being there that night, uh, I loved that show. I thought the set was great. Against the room was one, really a great space. It was big, but I didn't feel that over the top fandom that you get you know, during a massive night or even just some of the Brooklyn gigs. I feel like 
those shows are treated almost like hometown affairs. And when you get the hometown crowd in any kind of event, it always plays. So it felt a lot more like the other two bands that played with the Hold Steady that night. It was uh, Dinosaur Jr. And I can't remember the other band, which was also a local Boston band, seemed to have way more of the crowd's attention than by the time the Hold Steady came on. By the time the Hold Steady came on in Boston, it felt like the crowd was a little spent compared to other shows. And I don't know if you felt that way seeing them with the Mountain Goats and Dillinger 4 in Chicago. Well, I have a theory. Um, I, I think New York crowds have a slight reserve to them just because um, you, know, you don't want to step on people's feet because you never know when you're going to step on Joe Pesci. I mean, it's got a New York's got a, <laughs> everybody respects space in New York where when you when like you go to the Midwest or whatever, people are just stepping on your feet. I know when I went to Chicago, I started driving three hours there and I looked down and I realized I was wearing my barefoot shoes. So I was basically wearing slippers and, and Gasper was all worried I was going to get stepped on in the show and it never happened once. So, But <laughs> they don't respect your space as much in the Midwest or other parts as the New York. You have that, that Goodfellas <laughs> respect that everybody gets and I think it's more reserved. Everybody respects space out there. I got to tell you, I think that's a, a view you may only get at a Hold Steady show. I mean, in New York, it feels like we're on top of each other and personal space is, it, it's a commodity that's not easy to come by. That's because there's all those non-New Yorkers like me there. That's what it is. <laughs> but I mean, I agree with what Kevin's saying. The the Boston show, I think in fairness, the, the crowd was thinner by the time Hold Steady came on because there were a lot of people there for Dinosaur Jr. But it was still a solid crowd. It was a good show. It didn't have the energy that some of the other shows that we've seen has. Brooklyn Bowl is on a different level, though. It's, it is a hometown show, and there is something about that that just makes it a gigantic party. I'm just curious to see, because I've heard that Weekenders can rival it. Michael Han had said that uh, they have more energy than we do in England, so that's what I'm kind of looking to see, but we shall okay. see. Okay, so, I, and I got some FOMO here. Uh, Gasper, you're, you're going to the England, and I w had tickets to Las Vegas, and I didn't even make it out because I had to work a Matchbox 20 or... It was, I don't even remember who it was. Um, but anyways, I missed Vegas, but luckily we have you, the listeners. We got a couple submissions in, a couple voicemails in. But uh, who do we have coming up first on the answer machine, Gasper? Josh T. gave us our first report from Vegas, and here's what Josh had to say. Hey, everyone. This is Josh. I was fortunate enough to attend a conference in Vegas that ended about two hours before the whole Steady Vegas weekend began, so I stayed an extra night. Went all three events, Punk Rock Museum, the show itself, and the bowling brunch. Museum tour on Friday was a great time. Uh, Craig told a story about how Joe Strummer was touring in the Midwest at the same time Lifter Puller was in town. And Strummer pulled his band off the bus so they could see what a real band looked like. He gave Craig his contact information. Craig thought, cool, I'm going to be hanging out with Joe Strummer from now on. And after the tour, we all just hung out with the band at the museum bar for a few hours. Saturday show is up to usual standards. Um, Brooklyn Bowl Vegas actually feels like the original. It was great to hang out with in-person friends, live stream friends, and new friends. It was also the first time I've seen someone translating a show to ASL for hearing impaired attendees, which was cool. 
The coolest fan in the whole venue was Brendan, who was a nine-year-old, right up on the rail. Sunday, we went bowling with the band. Five of us in each team just chatting and bowling. Craig spent about 10 minutes just chatting with Brendan, the kid, again. Steve popped his shirt off every time he bowled to be more aerodynamic. I thought Galen was going to be the ringer growing up in Wisconsin, but Franz's team took the win. Anyway, it was really relaxed, amazingly fan-centric, just, you know, down-to-earth regular guys hanging out with uh, nerd fans like me. <laughs> wow. That's, that sounds like an awesome time, man. Yeah, I wish I, that punk rock museum and then the bowling, those are two things that, you know, you can't replicate. They haven't done that in any other shows and really missed that. That would have been great to see both those events plus the show. You know, and and as you get a chance to sort of get that access to your favorite band and, and sort of like we were just hearing, like, it's fun to see them without an instrument around their their chest or in front of a keyboard. Like you get them in front of a bowling alley and like they throw gutter balls like everybody else. And it's just kind of a lot of fun when you can kind of catch up with your favorite band in those situations. And uh, hopefully some of that stuff will make its way here because it'd be great to sort of see though you know brooklyn bowl is a bowling alley there's four nights maybe we can uh lure them over to one of the lanes i think that's just something that's unique to vegas i mean they have their thing that they do in in each market and you know we get the the sound check parties and you know england gets the pub quiz and and vegas is getting this this bowling thing which i think is awesome i mean no one does access to the band the way these guys do it's they really are on another level and it's so appreciated and and we love them for it but I got to ask, like, given the opportunity, who whose team do you want to be on? Which, which Hold Steady member do you want to bowl with? I want to be on Bobby's team. He just looks, <laughs> he's a man of few words. He's just, uh, he's always doing acrobatic flips and stuff. I, I think he'd be the best one to bowl, to roll with. <laughs> you totally stole my answer. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> say, and I was going to go Galen. And I'll only say that because the bass is such a heavy instrument. And he seems like his bowling hand would be strong. I think, you know, I, if I had to pick probably my least likely bowler and nothing personal, it could be the hat, I'd have to give it to Franz. I feel like Franz would have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> so Galen's an interesting pick. I So Galen being from Milwaukee, I feel like Milwaukee has a tie to bowling. Am I right about that or am I just making that up? Yeah, um, yeah there is some, I, I can't remember what it is. It's a big bowling town. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, you probably have the edge with Galen on your team. All right. So also leaving us a message on our answering machine is Kat from Vermont. And uh, here's what Kat had to say about the Vegas show. Vegas was freaking fantastic. It was so much fun to find friendly friends no matter where I ended up. The Gaslight Anthem show, the Punk Rock Museum tour and bar hang, the Hold Steady show itself with a big shout out to the Woo Crew, bowling, brunch, book signing. I know of very few places where you can turn to random folks in the crowd before a show, ask, so where are you from? And end up with new friends that you'll be ecstatic to see at the next show. It was so damn lovely to meet so many kick-ass folks all weekend long. Thanks to all of y'all and the poor over-socialized band for kindly indulging my frenetically sleepless enthusiasm. Love from Cat and Rubber Chicken. And I don't know if uh, if anybody follows Kat on uh, Instagram. She after the show, she got out there. She takes pictures of like 
old gas stations and motels from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s with all those neon signs, and it's really amazing stuff. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. Actually, she's coming to the New York shows, and Heather forwarded her. They're running the um, the old school trains. I forget what they call that, the, the classic trains. They're basically like they have trains from like the 50s and the 40s and, you know, all through up until present day and they they run them a certain times a year so it just becomes kind of like a cool thing to go see and all the trains have like the advertisements from that era um so i think she's gonna possibly go photograph those so look out for those as well that could have been you mike except you were hanging out with matchbox 20 <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh yeah <laughs> that's my life <laughs> um and cat brought up book signings um just to mention, speaking of the Massive Nights and uh, everything going on, um, if you are in town for Massive Nights, that same week, uh, the December 6th, it, it's going to be at Rough Trade in the city, uh, Craig Finn and Tommy Stinson will be uh, doing a book signing and Q&A uh, hosted by David Frick from Rolling Stone. Um, they're going to be doing the Hold Steady book, obviously, the Gospel of the Hold Steady, and Euphoric Recall, which is uh, the Tommy Stinson book. So uh, something to possibly check out, man. That that sounds like a good time as well and a nice way to wrap up uh, Massive Nights. So uh, before we get off Massive Nights, uh, Mike, I think you were looking into your Hold Steady crystal ball and had some predictions you wanted to make, right? Yeah, I got my uh, I got my hold steady poster from the state fair where it's a, 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 somebody looking into a crystal ball, and I ha so I have a couple predictions. And I just want to hear what you guys think about it. So, prediction number one for Massive Nights, I think we will hear three non-recorded songs. One of them being "Death of a Punchline" and two songs we never heard before. I think we'll probably hear one on Thursday, and there'll probably be one Saturday night. What do you guys think? You think, you think that sounds crazy or what? I mean, that's that's happened before. We've seen it with the release of uh, of the new record. We've seen it. Um, we, we've actually seen it dating as far back to um, Thrashing Through the Passion before that was even a record. They were dropping new songs specifically for Massive Night. So that's, that's a pretty good prediction. Um, do you think that's indicative of a record coming? That has to do with my next uh, prediction. <laughs> All right, let me not jump the gun. Go ahead, Kev. We do know Death of a Punchline is going to be on a record store day release, so can we still consider it a non-recorded tune mm. since it is officially recorded and is going to be released? That's all depending on when it gets released. He said record store day, which is like literally every other week these days. Like <laughs> It is true, but I thought it was the one coming up don't we have a release date for that but i could be wrong i don't know I and don't, there's a, there's a b-side to that too i don't know what the b-side is mm -hmm. um but it was something else that we knew but yeah i think it's I, I think it's a very plausible prediction so what is your second prediction of uh Mike? okay so we all know um the price of progress so they told us it was they were gonna have a new album out last year in the first quarter and it came out march 31st which is the last day of the first quarter so my next prediction is we will see a new album before March 31st, but there's a caveat to it. It's not going to be so much new. I think there will be two new songs on it we haven't heard before, but I think there will be a lot of outtakes from 
thrashing from the last three albums, thrashing through the passion, open door policy and price of progress. Now there's some things working against my, cause usually they don't do that. Usually they take them, the outtakes on to like the 10 year anniversaries of the album. But I think mm-hmm. it'll be like uh, Craig's perfect white crosses or perfect little crosses solo where you put a bunch of outtakes on there with a couple studio outtakes. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Interesting. I, I don't see them putting out a record like that only because I feel like that's kind of filler and it just feels like they're kind of going full steam right now. It wouldn't seem out of the realm for them to have a record because open door policy took so long to come out. So we know they're always writing. Um, that's why I think there'll be two new songs on it. And I think they will, I think they could also have another uh, all new material album come out later that same year of 2024. Okay. What do you think, Kev? Uh, you know, just knowing how it works and looking back, uh, the Hold Steady 7 Inch is coming out on November 24th. So Death of a Punchline at that point will be released. Mm hmm. And the B-side is uh, Radar and Lita is the name of the B-side. That's something we have not heard before. Yeah, so it's uh, Death of a Punchline and Radar and Lita is the 7-inch that's coming out on the 24th. Looking then that we know Craig is going to be touring with the Mountain Goats solo as they're doing that tour in the beginning of Q1. I feel like knowing how the band keeps their schedule and then into... the weekenders i feel a record next year would be tough i will say we will get a new hold steady full length on 2025 that's my guess okay i mean i'm kind of holding out hope that we get a live video and i think that could tide people over i mean kevin and i have talked about this just between us uh just sitting around talking and we we haven't had a live uh live video concert footage of the the hold steady like put out in a commercial format since a positive rage um which is quite a long time ago right that's back from from stay positive days right so we're kind of due for that although i know kevin you have a different opinion on how commercial releases of videos go yeah i just feel like that market is so niche right now i will say this though for a band like the hold steady that has everything recorded and then sort of drops those nuggets to us on Bandcamp, it wouldn't be very difficult to sort of set up a few cameras lay in that audio over it and then have a a live performance piece and if they were going to do it i would almost think this should be the year to do it for the 20th anniversary um so I guess we'll see. Maybe we'll go to Massive Nights and there'll be signs as you walk into the venue saying they're recording and be prepared. Because uh, it would be great to see. I, I do think they're a band that's so visually uh, entertaining to watch that that would be a, a great piece for the fans. I just I just know sometimes the commercial viability of stuff like that is very difficult. I've done it with clients and it's just... It's a great piece and the fans dig it, but it doesn't necessarily expand the audience, which that's kind of everybody's sort of goal is to see what they could do to get some more attention. So I would love it. I just don't know that it would work. But if there was a time, I would say it would be this year. All right. Well, that's a lot to look forward to for uh, Massive Nights. We got some predictions. We got some some meetups of friends and the hood rat pack will be assembling and uh, we hope to see you out there at massive nights uh definitely going to be a great show 
So we had a little fun doing some predictions there, guys. But, uh, you know, we like to play games on this show. And uh, last time we had Hurricane Jess in here at the Hood Rat Cap Studios, uh, we got a little chance to play a little version of, I said a few things that aren't necessarily true. So let's check that out. So this game's called Not Technically True. So what I'm going to do is give you a couple facts, but one of them's not technically going to be true, and you guys just have to guess which one it is, and people at home can play along with it. Two truths and a lie vibe. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what Gasper called it. I guess, I'm, I guess I stole this game and I renamed it. I guess it's called Two Truths and a Lie. So for this first one, I was thinking, you know, in Chicago, the whole study just played with the Mountain Goats, and they just played with uh, Dillinger 4. So I was thinking, I was like looking through their whole history and I was wondering if they had played with any noticeable groups. So on this one, I'm going to have, you guys have to guess who they didn't play with. And this kind of includes Lifter Polar and and the Hold Steady. So anybody that they kind of played with. So for the first group, I got another group from the early 2000s that one of the the groups, the Shins. Do you guys know who the Shins are? Sure. From the movie, The Garden State. Okay. And then the second group, this gets a little wild. I got Lady Gaga. So remember, <laughs> I'm making one of these up. So remember that, guys. Keep that. <laughs> and and for the third, I got Lizzo, who's kind of been in the news lately, <laughs> not in a good way, but so I got the Shins, Lady Gaga, and Lizzo. Interesting. So I'm saying the Hold Steady has played in the same venue or you know the same night, same show. But right. could this be like a festival lineup on the same stage? Yeah, they, so I'm going to say they definitely played on the same stage as these groups. Uh, on okay. the same day, right? <laughs> the same day, same stage. Got same, <laughs> like you went and you seen all of them. Yeah. All right, Jess, you go first. <laughs> the new person has to go in well, first. I feel like the shin seems like a too obvious yes. So I'm slightly inc- inclined, you know, just for the chaoticness to go with saying that they didn't play with the shins but equally i feel like that's stupid because that's probably the one they most likely have played with so if they played with lizzo that would have had to be in quite recently and i'm trying to think where that could have been i'm gonna say they didn't play with lizzo or on the same stage or whatever with lizzo okay and that would make sense so that's a good guess only because maybe I was, I'm thinking psychologically that maybe you chose her because you've seen her name in the news. <laughs> that could be right. So, Gasper, what do you say? All right. So, so Jess is going with Lizzo. As the lie you're going with? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to say that the shins are very possible. So, that's one of the truths. <sighs> And I'm just trying to think when Lady Gaga came out and like that time frame as opposed to when they've been playing. I'm going to say that one's the lie mostly because Lizzo has some indie cred to her, I think. And I could see how that could happen like in a festival setting. So we'll say Lady Gaga is the lie. That's tough. Uh, I don't know the correct answer. So whatever I say is going to be a guess. I mean, the two obvious ones seem like long shots are Lizzo and Lady Gaga, because I just don't know where they would cross. But apparently you keep swearing there's a Taylor Swift hold steady contingent. So maybe there isn't such a 
ungodly one, but I am going to say Lizzo is who they haven't performed with. The shins oh, is man. the line. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, because so Lady Gaga, I know that sounds far-fetched, but Craig tells a story where they were at French Kiss Records doing a, uh, a band showcase, and he said uh. they played... And then he said some lady, some woman came on that nobody knew, and she started saying "disco stick" and started playing that <laughs> song, "My Disco Stick," and nobody knew what was going on. And that was Lady Gaga; she was <laughs> she was unknown at the time. And I've told this story many times where uh, Lifter Polar played in the middle of kind of like a rap set, so Lizzo opened up for Lifter Polar, and then that went into Brother Ali, and that went into Atmosphere at at Red Rocks. When was that? That was like in 2017, I believe. I'll have to look it up. But it's, yeah, it was the Minnesota. And I kind of put that one in because they're going to do the Minnesota music on a stick is coming up. And that one was the Minnesota music in Red Rocks or whatever. So they were all Minnesota groups. And yeah, Lizzo opened. And what I remember about Lizzo is she said she was really nervous. She never played in an audience that big before. And we know Lizzo has a lot of confidence. So I just always remember her saying that. So, yeah. That's crazy. So you guys were both wrong, and somebody could prove me wrong, but I don't think they've ever played with the Shins. I mean, they've been around for twenty years, but I don't, I couldn't find where they ever played together. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so now I got another one that's not technically true. I'm going to give you three Hold Steady songs, and these are the songs that they've played most live in their history, their twenty-year history. And one of them is going to be outside the top 10, and you have to guess which one's outside the top 10. So I'm saying all three of these are in the top 10, and you have to okay. guess which one I'm lying of on. Of like okay? most often played songs, you're saying, right? Yeah, they're most often. Okay. They're 10 most often played songs. Okay, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say this song is definitely in their top 10, Your Little Hood Rot Friend. So that's the first choice. Okay. The second choice is... You can make him like you. And then my last choice, I'm going to say killer parties. So <laughs> one of those is not in the top 10. Got it. So should we start with Jess again? Jess, which one do you think it is? I feel like the obvious answer is you can make him like you. So I'm not going to go with that. Ooh, she's playing this game in the game here. <laughs> um... I feel like they play Hudra every single time, but maybe that's just in the last. Maybe that's just more recently. Yeah, this Killer is their Parties whole twenty-year history. Earlier. Hmm. I'm just gonna go with you can make him like you as the not. Just I'm gonna go with my gut, even though I think okay. it's wrong. But let's okay. go with that. <laughs> so, I feel like this is a trick question because. Yeah. Killer Parties has been the final song for a long time, but it was not always the final song. Um, but there have been a lot of shows where Killer Parties has been the last song. Um, Hood Rat was, if you had to call a single, like that's pretty much their first single, right? That's the song everyone loves. That's the song we throw confetti at. It's the song so we named I, our podcast after. The song we named our podcast after, so... I'm going to have to agree. You can make him like you, but I feel like this is a trick question because they probably got to play it a lot early on. But I'm going to agree with Jess and say you can make him like you is the lie. Okay. Uh, well, Killer Parties has to be in the top 10 because if it's not, then 
every show I've seen has been a lie. So I will, between your little hood rat friend, then I'm going to go, you can make him like you. I, I know they play it a lot. That is their number <laughs> sixth most song, if you can believe it or not. Wow. So that is inside the top 10. Your Little Hood Rat Friend is number two, just stuck between stations is the only song that they've played more than that. And um, I think I got this off Setlist FM, and I think they may be telling stuff that's not technically true, but they have <laughs> Killer Parties all the way down at number 13 as their 13th most played song, which what? I don't understand how that wow. happens. See, I would have never guessed that. But Setlist FM uh, swears they're telling the truth there, and they have it all the way down at 13. I could see it because... Like I said, it wasn't the finale for a very long time. And it's probably about halfway through their career that it just became the finale. I remember Resurrection being a song they ended on a lot. So I could say. Yeah, when, when did they, do you guys know when they stopped, when they started doing Killer Parties as their final song? I remember it at Massive Nights 2 is when I became aware of it. But Oh, which is probably around the time I started seeing them with any regularity. So that's funny. All those old shows. It's probably around then. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I tri- I tricked you guys all with uh, <laughs> you can make game. them like you and uh, so that's our game. I think that was a good one. I mean, we got them all wrong, so I feel like that makes <laughs> that means it's a good game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun uh, looking back on that game we played with Jess. Uh, which also leads into our poster contest as we have one more winner, right? That yeah. we have to this get is our, into. Our third and final winner of the contest, yeah. So if you haven't seen or you're just tuning in and this is your first week, welcome. But we had some incredible artwork done by uh, Jess uh, in the UK. And we had a game going because the poster, which you could see uh, on our Facebook, is filled with Hold Steady. Uh, Easter eggs and we had a contest for people that found the most and uh, we're going to check in with our latest winner now right Uh, yep this is going to be our very own Andrew from Australia is our uh, third poster winner and here's Andrew's submission hey guys Andrew from Australia I'm just going to go through my list and there's some that I've got to be curious about so I've got Lift to Puller, Drymans in the Drain, St. Paul I've got the Hood Rats, Cheyenne Sunrise the Yukon Club from Sweet Pain William Butley Lates from Chicago Seam Tide, Wrong Way Down Highway 169 from Hornets Hornets, The Towny Murder from Constructive Summer, The Wave Car Wash in Oaks, Dillinger 4, we've got Holly all over the place, we've got Big Sigs all over the place, we've got John Cassavetes from Slack Actress, we've got Popper Pills, we've got the Bones Brigade video games, which are used um, Hold Steady songs, we got the Bloody Carpet from Positive Jam. We've got 40 bucks, poker chips from Spices. Cincinnati, I'm not quite sure there, but probably because that's uh, where they do some of their shows. Take Me to Your Deal of the Feelers. Or actually, the Cincinnati Reds could be just because he loves baseball, but then it's not the Minnesota Twins, is it? What Would Judas Do? Milk Crate Mosh, the Margarita Mix. Um, we've got the Red Pin Looks Like Denver or even Grand Junction. We've got Nicolette in 66th from Hornets. Um, a snake in the shower. You can see the rattlesnake's tail and the water flowing underneath. Um, I'm not so good on my locations, but we've maybe got the Thunderbird Lounge from Stevie Nicks. We've got Payne Avenue Quarry Shopping Centre. Um, the word crew on the record may be the entitlement crew, and the music pub's got many ways to take it, but perhaps it's the bar band. 
Um, I'm sure I've missed heaps. I don't understand the spray cans or what looks like rolls of tape. There's a whole heap of other things too. Anyway, thanks. Let's see how that goes. It's always great hearing from Andrew from Australia. Yeah, he, he did a good job there. And I feel like everyone has been stumped by the same thing, which was kind of unfair because it's not a hold steady reference. It's not even really a hood rat recap reference, but can we let him off the hook, Kev, about what Music Pub is about? Uh, <laughs> no, we'll keep it a secret. I mean... <laughs> All right, well, there's your hint. It's got something to do with Kevin. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah, it's uh, we'll just leave it at that. The mystery is fun. I I like people making the wrong guess. I like being able to kind of give a point off for guessing the wrong thing when it comes to that. So good. (laughs) All right. But uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, this was really great to catch up with everybody. Uh, we'll be checking in from Massive Nights uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, if you enjoy what we're doing, give us a like or a follow. Tell your friends. Uh, we've seen the numbers go up. We do appreciate you your listening, and we do appreciate you telling your friends. Um, the scene is the reason why we do what we do. So give us a like or a follow, and you could catch us on all the social medias i'm sure uh gee why don't you tell them where you can find us uh sure uh the easiest way to find us for all our social media for our episodes for past episodes or whatever you're looking for and the hood rat recap is our link tree it's l-i-n-k-t-r.ee slash the hood rat recap and you can check us out there um, also on there is if you are interested in leaving us a message the way Kat did, the way Josh did, the way Andrew did, or so many of you uh, have already, uh, Mike, why don't you tell them where they could leave us a message? Uh, yeah, I'm going to leave a link right in the show notes. You just It's SpeakPipe. You just click on it and you talk right into your phone. And if you screw it up, you can just redo it or uh, and you can do it. You get 90 seconds. You can do it two or three times if you need more time than that. So. That would be great. And um, I just wanted to say, you know, this is our last show going into Massive Nights. And I wasn't going to go because I went all four nights last year. But then I just remember there's probably going to be a good, hopefully there's a memorial for Knowledge Ra, who worked the yeah. boards the last couple of years there. And you can go back and listen to that episode. Uh, Knowledge uh, has passed away this year, unfortunately. But uh, we had an episode with him. It's just a great episode, and uh, you can go back and listen to that. And so uh, it's going to be a good way to honor him by going back this year. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. And that's a, that's a good way to end it right there. So uh, I was going to say, I'm Gasper. That's Kevin. That's Mike. And us guys, and all you guys and gals, we are all the Hood Rat Recap Podcast. The Karen Party Sauce You don't want to step on people's feet because you never know when you're going to step on Joel Pesci.